0: You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode, we're trying out some Italian onions in Fab Facts. Mmm. We're getting an unwanted haircut in the randomizer. And get ready for the voice of Tintin, Anna Leon Brophy. Oh, that's all coming up in pod 258. Uh, could I just try some of those onions on
1: the Jerry Anderson podcast? Very tasty. Let's get started. Let's go.
2: Spectrum is great.
1: The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James.
0: 258 pods in and mm. Mm. It, well we're still here you can't and get we us. never had it yeah no we never uh, had it uh, so no. we don't have to worry about no. having it
1: or no. getting it or having no, got that's it that's right I'm oh, sorry I just got some of those onions stuck in my teeth
0: alright well you shouldn't have mm. eaten a whole one and not no, all anyway my uh,
1: breath I'm glad I'm sitting on my own in this cupboard yes
0: oh. I'm glad you are too anyway uh, Podstron's uh, if you're listening and you're new that onion muncher over there that's Richard James <laughs> that's me and I've never been called that before <laughs> And, uh, I i mean, I, I'm not going to give yes. myself a name here, but uh, I'm Jamie Anderson, <laughs> son of the late, great Jerry Anderson, and the reason that we do this podcast. Uh, sorry, yep. he's the reason we do the yes. podcast, I'm not the reason. I mean, Nothing I kind of am in some way, but anyway, and also joining us later on is Chris Dale, the Uh He does a segment, which I'm not going to tell you about. Like, I normally what? do. Really? We're going to leave that until the end of the stuff where we say what's coming up. Oh, so
1: if you're listening for the first time, that's a bit of a mystery for you, then, isn't it?
0: Well, it, not really. I mean, I suppose, yeah, the Randomizer. Yeah. Why is he called that? Because he's so random. Exactly. Well, kind well, of. Oh, might but be right. Stand by to find out more. Hmm. Uh, no, we're, we're bringing you all the usual stuff this week. Yes? Go on, say it. Do, do, do you want me to do it myself? No, just the word gubbins. That's oh, just, well, sorry. just, yeah, on, all the usual stuff. The usual gubbins that's this it. week. Uh, oh, yeah. And as usual, my mm. dear co-host, Richard James, mm. uh, now known forevermore as the Onion as Muncher. the Onion Muncher. yes. <laughs> he's going to very briefly uh, walk you through this in the style of a tour guide oh, on a bus th- on. driving what? through a small village with lots of <laughs> lovely stuff. Uh, when did this
1: start again?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Just get on with it.
1: Um <coughs> uh, Welcome ladies and gentlemen Uh, We trust you enjoy today's tour Out of the right hand window You'll see Fab Facts uh, Where Jamie will flick through a book of random facts And I will shout Fab And we will then hear said Fab Uh, Sorry could you you just sit down at the back there please We are about to go round a very steep uh, corner That's it thank you Uh, Now over to your left there You'll see the Gerry Anderson newsy news 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 uh, Because there's always something happening In the Gerry Anderson universe uh, yeah, yes, no, you can leave a tip at the end, So that's fine. Uh, now, if you just look out the back window, we're just leaving the first part of the interview. Uh, that's with the uh, the voice of Tintin herself, and uh, that's Anna Leong Brophy, who'll be appearing a little bit later on. And we'll be stopping for tea and coffee while we enjoy that interview. Uh, and then, of course, we'll be getting back on board the bus, uh, roughly 20 minutes later, for the randomizer. <laughs>
0: How was that? I mean, you really committed to that character, I thought. Always. That's... that's my job. That's what I do. Yeah, it's amazing. We're so lucky to have uh, oh, an you? actor of your calibre uh, you? on this here podcast. No, that's yeah. great. And also, of course, mm-hmm. all along the way, we'll be interrupted pleasantly by oh, yes. messages by from passengers. the posturons. That's right. Also that, our our yes. Yeah, that's that's all very interesting and weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's
1: nice.
0: Good. Well, well done. Um, Thanks. Beautifully done. Beautifully delivered. Very convincing. I could almost feel the movement of the bus yes. uh, and the scent of the coach lavatory as somebody oh, opened and closed the doors. But to so, me, it
1: was very old school as well. I could, I could almost smell the cigarette smoke.
0: Yeah, there was a 70s vibe to it. Strange, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's very fitting for this podcast. Uh, should we True. stop Jabbering on And getting to the meat and potatoes of this thing Oh god yes Okay first course Fab Facts Mm. Now Time for this week's Fab Facts Yes, indeed. Fab Facts is here. Once again, uh, the most joyous part of the bit of the podcast between the introduction and the end of Fab Facts. Uh, each okay, week, yeah. I've got a book of Fab Facts. I flick through it, Richard shouts Fab at a random point, and then I read you the Fab Facts from the page where we have stopped randomly because of Richard's cry. Or because That's right, Or moaning, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's all because of you and your moaning. So, are you ready with a Fab Fact? Uh, sorry, I'm ready with the Fab Facts. Are you ready with the Fab... <laughs> Board ready. Oh, good. <laughs> Get oh, it right. The dog's getting very cross with me. She's just a little bark. Okay, here we go with the flicking. Fab. Well, when was I supposed to stop within that? I stopped well, in on the, the on the F, I Hang suppose. On. It's a bit weird, though. Why? Oh, I don't know if you can hear Betty growling what there. She's very that. exciting. Hmm. Um, well, in my book of Fab Facts, the flipping was slightly obstructed. <laughs> right. By an inserted piece of paper. Well, that will never do. I know. But on it is a hand scrawled fab fact. Oh, so that's odd. And it never also, before. Mm. there's a note on the back of it. PTO, it says on the back, it says yeah. cassette tape attached. Cassette tape? Goodness me. Okay, go on, right. Oh, go on. this is a, this is going to be a good one. All right. So, for today's fab facts, yes, we have received an email. From right. Tim Hannigan. Okay. Now, this is a follow up to a, a few weeks ago when we were discussing the two part versions of Thunderbirds that played in various regions around the UK and internationally. Remember?
1: Oh, yes, I do remember that. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that has led to some correspondence, and that is what has been handwritten he- here for me, which is this week's Fab Fact. So Tim Hannigan said, Hi. Uh, I've been chasing down a crazy 25-minute version of Series Two of Space 1999 that I saw in Italy in the 1990s. Okay. Terrible condition celluloid, heavily edited, and very odd replacement music. It was rotated on early stream platform subscription channel that was available in Italy, and later allegedly on the Rye Nostalgia channel. Uh, I thought I imagined it, seems not. Sadly, all home video releases around that time uh, were of the double episode splices as released in the UK by Channel 5 Video, but with Italian dubbing and therefore new music. No sign of these crazy crazy edits for sale at any stage as far as I know. Anyway, just wanted to share, fairly sure these versions of the shows would be the very worst examples ever deployed. Well, Tim, you've really sold them there. (laughs) Yeah, great. Uh, so, yes, Space mm-hmm. Nineteen Ninety Nine second season was also broadcast in Italy in a two-part format. Well, well. And the very odd replacement of music Tim refers to was the replacement of the show's end-title theme with a brand new song. Oh? S.O.S. Spazio 1999. Get away. And I'm reliably informed by this note here that it is on the attached tape so let me just get my tape out Ooh, and yeah. mm-hmm. let's uh, just pop it out and pop it into it the player okay. and let's get it playing mm. Wow. What the actual hell? And that was uh, not oh that was the version that played over the end credits that there, there was also <laughs> there was also a 4 minute version released in Italy as a single which you can find How on YouTube. Bizarre. Now, our Italian is not great. I mean True. is yours? I think we can pretty much understand 109876543210, which is in there, but we are also reliably informed that one of the lines in the song translates as Stop that rocket, Mr. Koenig. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of sweet, isn't
1: it? I mean, that's the title of a film in itself.
0: Stop that rocket, Mr. Koenig. Yes, it's a sort of carry on 1999, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Now, that song that you've just heard was the work of Mr. Oliver Onions. Right. Now, Oliver Onions isn't a person. Uh, it's actually two people. Mm. Uh, the brothers Guido and Maurizio De Angelis. Uh, I'm sure that's not how they pronounce it, but it's how I'm doing it. Uh, yeah. A pair of Italian musicians and composers who were riding high in the 1970s and 80s, thanks largely to the popularity of their work on many spaghetti westerns um, and on several wildly successful comedy movies starring Bud Spencer and Terence Hill.
3: Okay. There you go. I bet
0: you didn't know that. Yeah. No. Uh, incredibly, that song that we just heard was not the end of Oliver Onion's association with Space 1999. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I know, what a relief, because <laughs> yeah. they also penned the English language song that appears on the end credits of the compilation movie, Destination Moonbase Alpha. Mm. That song was very creatively called Space. Uh, okay. Now, whether it was something that they wrote especially or something they sort of, just hadn't hanging around like uh, a yeah. bad smell uh, yeah. that just happened to fit the tone of the film. Who knows? But they did it, and probably the less said about it, the better. So this was one of several ITC projects that the brothers were attached to in the mid to late 1970s as they also provided a song for Return of the Saint called Taking It Easy which replaced that show's opening theme tune uh, for European screenings despite the fact that the replacement song was broadcast in English. Right. Yeah. Uh, Are we about to play their Return of the Saint song? Uh, No Um, But it is worth seeking out Because it's a particularly good example Of the way in which tunes that they composed With Italian lyrics in mind Obviously being Italian Could then be saddled with slightly weird lyrics That when translated for other countries Because their translators had to stick To the same backing track And often whatever whatever words would fit the melody Regardless of how much sense they made or not So their Return of the Saints song Features the infamous line I'm going to sit at home to watch your programme When it's on and naturally, their song about watching The Saint on TV also later turned up as background music in the 1978 ITC Italian co-production, uh, Killer Fish, okay. which we all know very well, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Other projects that the Oliver Onions touch uh, included such infamous Italian rip-offs of American movies as Alien 2 On Earth, The mm. Last Shark, and oh. You're The Hunter <laughs> from the Future. Uh, now, if we've sounded a bit down on Oliver Onions throughout this fab fact, um then we don't really mean to be. So please, you know, sure, accept my no. ap- apologies. It's just that their work on Space 1999 is so 70s and yeah. really does not fit the tone of the show and at in all. Congress. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps a lot of it just doesn't translate all that well for non-Italians. However, the work of Oliver Onions remains very popular. Much of it was very good, and there's a lot of it out there, and you can go and uh, find it uh, on YouTube or wherever, on your own time, because we haven't got time on this fan fact or this podcast. fair enough. And really, how could we possibly not appreciate Guido and Maurizio for composing two of the catchiest cartoon themes of the 1980s? The songs for Dog Tanyan and the Three Musketeers. Get away. And Around the World with Willie Fogg. Really? Wow, (laughs) there you go. I thought I recognised the sort of style there. Absolutely, yeah. Absolute respect. That's brilliant. Gosh, I mean, I I had Dog Tanyan and Around the World with Willy Fogg on VHS (laughs) as a kid and watched them to death. Yeah. So, I mean, that that makes perfect sense. Mm. Goodness me. I mean, I'm going to be singing Stop That Rocket, Mr. Koenig, yeah. <laughs> all the way home after this recording. All for
1: one and one for all, musk hounds are always ready. That well remembered. That's Doctanian,
0: was not it? Yes, it is. Yeah, you see? Goodness me. Well, <sighs> clever Oliver Onions. Yeah, he really uh, knew his
1: onions, didn't he?
0: They, they knew their oh, sorry, onions. They it's they it's a band. Ones. It's a band, but yeah. Gosh, I wonder what they would have done for Space Precinct. We can only dream and possibly never find out. Mm, I'd like to know, yes. uh, So, uh, I mean, this kind of fits in with all those strange kind of Sybil Danning intros for Space 1999 oh, yeah. and all the yeah. odd compilations of the odd music that gets put yeah. in places.
1: Uh, do, uh, do we know what Jerry felt about all this or d- didn't he really care? probably he was wasn't, it out aware. There. He wasn't, wasn't aware. He wasn't
0: aware of it. No, because mm, ITC sure. will have handled it and it will have gone. Yeah. I mean, occasionally stuff would come back for approval but yeah. pretty rarely, yeah. so he yeah. may not have even known.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, so there you go. <laughs> How funny. Uh, are there any other instances of bizarre music, strange remixes, rehashings that you can think of? Don't mention Turbocharged Thunderbirds. We're not going there. Mm-hmm. But any others, we'd love to hear from you. Podcast at jerryanston.com. But for now, I think I need a little break. I think you do. I'm a bit parched, so I'm going to have a little Bet. drinky. Oh. Uh, and that brings us to the end of this week's... Onion's Onion Fact! Fact. <laughs> <laughs> had to had be an to onion family. Really There's it? It nothing it, yeah? else.
1: Now, you mentioned our Podstroms there. I they did. They are the listeners of this very podcast. If you're listening now, like it or not, you're a Podstrom. It's true. Uh, and if you want, you can get in touch with us at uh, podcast at gerryanderson.com and let us know what you think about anything Jerry Anderson related. For example, Simpsons Clips 24 got in touch this week to say, Hello, Richard and Jamie. Hello. Uh, now, my email this week is about something a little bit different to what I usually talk about. Oh. Not Lavender Castle, then. Uh, He says, last month I went to see Dick and Dom in De Bungalow live on stage, not once but twice, and it reminded me of something. During the show's intro, when it was originally on CBBC, there would be a recurring gag where De Bungalow's lift doors would open and Dick and Dom would be dressed as somebody else each week, like boxing nuns and other silly stuff. It was sort of like their version of the Simpsons couch gag. Anyway, in one edition, the lift doors open to reveal Dick and Dom as two Super Mario esque puppets, complete with the Thunderbirds march playing in the background. So, what I want to know is, did Jerry approve of this, and do the said puppets still exist?
0: I I, I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone, as Ooh. I'm sure I feel familiar with this somehow, ah, right? <laughs> as in. Did we, did we read it last week? I don't think we did, oh. did we? Well, then, in that case, I'm just having a very strange... Um, deja vu. Deja vu moment. Mm. Uh, I've got no idea. I didn't. No. I, I, I'm not aware of it, and I'm sure they will have been thrown in the bin somewhere. But yeah. listeners, if you know else, uh, otherwise, then let us know. And if this is deja vu for you as well, <laughs> also email us by GarcyJohansson.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh,
1: hello, uh, Richard. And Jamie says, that uh, this is uh, Simpsons Clips 24, says... that uh, Now, my email this week is about Hang something... On, that- Two what? Simpsons
0: slips in a row?
1: I'm joking. I'm
0: just doing it again. Oh, oh, are you anyway,
1: joking? on we go. Oh, my Steve. poor brain.
0: You're so <laughs> cruel. Uh,
1: Steve says, to the podcast lads, on the subject of awards, uh, we've been talking about awards, I think, uh, recently, he says, you don't need an award to validate how good your podcasts are. The fab fact that they exist is award enough to us podsterons. Aww. Although we've just had the king's coronation, your podcast is the king of podcasts. Aww. All the best, Steve. Cheers, Steve. That's very (laughs) lovely. Yeah. Really nice. Um, Peter Dernan says, Gentlemen, I saved up two episodes of the podcast to play on a long-haul flight and actually downloaded another while I was away. I can confirm that three back-to-back podcasts does cause extremely, extreme clammy ears. Uh, maybe you should issue a health warning at the start of each show It is however well worth the effect I didn't nod off while listening Which just highlights the entertainment value of the podcast mm. Subsequent in-flight entertainment did turn out to be sleep-inducing Well done yeah. to all at Anderson Entertainment And keep on keeping on Kindest regards from Peter Dernan wow. Well that's nice to know isn't Cheers, it We Peter. kept him awake
0: Yeah awake but clammy I mean you can't <laughs> yeah. have it all
1: Yeah. Uh, Salutations, chaps, says uh, Dom Riley. I hope you're all doing well. In today's episode of Random Things Dom Finds Watching YouTube Videos, oh yes, uh, I have recently started watching the TV drama series Warship from 1973 starring Donald Burton as Commander Niles, who is commander of the fictional Leander-class frigate HMS Hero, which used an actual frigate HMS Leander along with other stand-ins when I happened on an episode called Sub-Smash. I wonder if they were influenced by the UFO episode, uh, episode of the same name, and it mm. coincidentally also starred Anderson alumni Anton Phillips, who many will know as Dr. Bob Matthias in Space 1999. I will keep my eyes peeled for more Anderson connections and will no doubt post on Facebook about them. Keep well, stay safe, and thanks for keeping Jerry's legacy alive. F A B P W O R S I G N S P A Commander R N Dom Riley, brackets, Spectrum Agent Navy, close brackets. Amazing. Yeah, but they cross That's up cool. in all sorts of places, don't yeah. they? Jerry Please. Anderson actors, we often, you know, discuss that. It's always yeah, nice yeah. to see them. Uh, I always wonder, is it before they were involved in the Andiverse or after? That's uh, always a question, isn't it?
0: Uh, yes, B-A-A hmm. or a uh, Yes, uh, right. I'm, I'm not sure of the timeline no. there. No.
1: Martin Laborn says, hi, chaps. Here's another musing I'll share with you. Although my last about Doctor Who and the UFO link was omitted. It must have been a bumper crop of emails that week. Sorry, Martin. I do try and get them all in, as you know. Well, he says, I've been working my way through ITC's police drama from 1964, Gideon's Way. The episode, called The Great Plane Robbery, included what transpired to be a rare acting appearance by singer Gary Miller of Stingray End Credits fame. (laughs) Uh, Miller played one of the robbers who stole gold bullion from a plane after it had landed. One of the getaway drivers was also played by fellow Anderson stalwart, George Marcel, who is associated with Supercar and the best Anderson production ever, Crossroads to Crime.
4: Mm. (laughs) his other acting role
1: yes, was in an episode of The Saint and sadly he died just before the production of the episode had finished he was only 44 Uh, obviously known for his singing career he apparently performed two versions of closing titles for Thunderbirds which as we all know were never used one however was adapted and did appear in the episode Ricochet what an amazing pod filler one finds when entering those rabbit holes (laughs) <laughs> all the best, Martin Label. There you go. He really did get lost, didn't he, in a world of Anderson? Yes. Goodness, there.
0: From Crikey. From Gary Miller to the, those yeah. lovely songs yeah. uh, from Thunderbirds that, That's yeah, right. thankfully weren't the weren't the opening and closing theme. Yeah, quite.
1: Uh, all for now, but do uh, get in touch. Podcast at JerryAnderson because I love reading out your emails. You know, yeah. if nothing else, it proves that someone's listening.
0: It, absolutely. That's Imagine if we were making it all up. Yeah. Well,
1: we could be. Yeah. We could be
0: could not we? We'll, we'll find out. Uh, well, Brit
1: sci-fi, won't we?
0: Oh, of course. Well, we'll cover that very shortly in the, uh, in the Jerry Anderson news. So, should we just go uh, directly to the Jerry Anderson news for that? What now? Yeah. Oh, okay then. Here's some Jerry Anderson news. Great. Yes, indeed. It's everyone's favourite newsy part—the Jerry Anderson newsy news news news, 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 news news news. Yes, where we bring you some some Jerry Anderson news, news yeah. from news from the yeah from the news. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, Richard James, I know there's something that's been keeping you awake at night for some time. Yes, I wonder if you could uh, just take a look at it. It's lower back pain. Uh, no, no, actually, no, this no, time. No, what? no, 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 no. Oh. I'm talking about the, the 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 real worry of everyone's yeah. existence. Just how does Thunderbird 4 get back into Pod 4 oh, at the yeah. end of a mission?
1: <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: don't worry. AC's got you covered. And there'll be an article coming out this Friday explaining the entire process ah, um, from water to Pod. So mm-hmm. there you go. That's a relief, isn't it? Everyone, I could just hear the collective sigh of relief just there. Is that, is that what it was? <laughs> yes, indeed. That <laughs> was No, no, that was... That'd oh, be rude. It's uh, now... We made a rather exciting discovery thanks to Carl over on Twitter who uh, tweeted me and said, I've bought some Nicholas Parsons bits and pieces <gasps> from his archive yeah. and we found this thing. Could we have a chat? Uh, Chris Dale picked up uh, the uh, the case there and has discovered mm-hmm. that Carl has some amazing finds from the early days of AP Films, mm-hmm. including a previously unknown and unfilmed for, for the Fools script written by Nicholas Parsons himself Amazing. Called Dusty's Day. Now, if you want to read about uh, that and the other material that's in this amazing haul that Carla shared with us, go to jerryanderson.com and you can find the article there. Rather special. And as far as we know, the oldest surviving anderson's script of any sort oh, and really? certainly the oldest surviving unfilmed script amazing so it's pretty cool rather lovely find yeah. um and uh, yeah just a lovely thing it's amazing that these, these things turn up isn't it uh, After incredible all these
1: years absolutely yeah, yeah.
0: what uh, what a fantastic thing so carl yeah. thank you for getting in touch thank you for sharing thank you for chris for doing the interview and go and have a look at, it at jerryanderson.com what a great bit of archive history Uh, on the YouTube channel we are revisiting the world of UFO Uh, you may have enjoyed last week's Thunderbird stage show video more of that is on the way but posterons we want to know, what do you want on the YouTube channel? What are you keen on? What are you keen to learn about? What are you keen to see? Uh, oh. I mean, we've got archive interviews with David Lane and Ken Turner and Gabrielle Drake. Do you want those? Do you want behind-the-scenes things? Do you want more fab stage show? Do you want the full fab stage show? Do you want the Jerry Anderson lecture tour? What, wow. what do you want on mm. YouTube? Your wish could be our command, but you have to email us, podcastjerryhansen.com and let us know your heart's desire. Great. Now, as we mentioned in previous weeks, we are moving from warehouse to warehouse, and I suspect when we do, and we do our stock take, some little things might crop up that we thought were sold out and suddenly appear on a shelf. So keep an eye out on the Gerry Henson newsletter uh, and across our social media for any warehouse finds that happen in the next couple of weeks. On the 1st of June, I'm going to the Cartoon Museum with the rather lovely Lee Sullivan. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, not for a jolly, but we're doing an evening thing where he <laughs> and I sit down and have a fireside chat about the worlds of TV 21 and Jerry Anderson shows in the world of comics. We'll be reflecting on people like Ron Ableton and Mike Noble right through to more recent stuff like Space Precinct comics, mm-hmm. uh, talking about the process of creating these things, how they expand the worlds uh, of what we see on TV. Um, and why they endure why people love them so much uh, so you can get your tickets from the Cartoon Museum website we'd love to see you there on the 1st of June and another event a couple of weeks from then which we now have been able to mention even though we weren't previously able to mention it because of delays in its announcement we're going to Brit Sci-Fi <laughs> hooray 17th and 18th of June at the National Space Centre in Leicester we're yep. doing a live podcast and a fab live live podcast Saturday fab live sunday and there's some exclusive rather exciting stuff happening on the (gasps) podcast Oh, you said we couldn't mention it. No, we're not mentioning what it is and just saying there are things happening. Uh, It's a rather special thing. If you can be there, Podstron, I think you'll enjoy it. It'll be really nice to get all the Podstrons together, of course. Mm -hmm. We'll really enjoy that just just for the sake of having lovely people in the same room. Uh, But there will also be something of a world premiere, I think. (laughs) Great, Of something a bit fun, a bit silly, and you can be sure that Chris's live randomizer will be one to remember as well. Always, always.
1: Just to clear up a little bit of confusion your ticket I think it's £17.50 to get you in for the day to the National Space Museum in Leicester and that entitles you to go and see one event within that price on that day is that that, right so that one event could well be the podcast or fab live and anything after that you I think have to pay for
0: okay right well I wasn't aware of that so that's that's good to know thank you Uh, but we'd love to see their there if you can make it that'd be great Uh, you can book tickets from the National Space Centre website I think it's spacecentre.co.uk Mm, something like that yeah. uh, just search National Space Centre yeah. or search Brit Sci-Fi you'll find yeah. it and hopefully we'll see you there we'll also be joined by some of the team including uh, well Chris Thompson's going to be there all good I'm pretty sure Andrew Clemens is going to be there Chris oh, Dale great. will certainly be there Brilliant. and probably some others too uh, maybe yeah. Ben maybe Ross who knows yeah. uh, we'd yeah. love to see you there and, uh, and uh, you know just catch up with some Podstrons really Oh, won't that be nice? It'll be lovely. What a nice yeah. thing to do and to be back doing some more yep. live events. Because uh, the live podcast last year oh. uh, in Birmingham was great fun, wasn't it? So <laughs> it I, I look was. forward to the next one here. Yeah. There we go. That's quite a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, I should cocoa. I don't want to overdo it, so I'm going to leave no. it there. And that means that's the end of this week's Jerry Anderson News. That was the news. Quite a lot of news. It's always good. quite a
1: lot of news every week. We know that.
0: I know we can't stop it, can we? I wonder if people
1: actively look forward to the
0: Jerry Anderson news they in the podcast. Probably just wait for it to come and go. To be honest,
1: <laughs> you reckon? What no, the I podcast? Think that's yeah. Yeah. Fair, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Now over on Facebook. Podstrons have been heavily involved in the official podcast listeners' Facebook group. at uh, The Podstrons, that's uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Podstrons. Answer a couple of questions. We'll let you in. And you could join in the fun as well. Tom Hodden, I don't know if you've seen these, Jamie, but he's been uh, having lots of fun by uploading pictures from Jerry Anderson shows, but as interpreted by AI. So giving this oh, you know, yes. a prompt and see what it comes up with. Some of them are quite effective. Uh, he's done uh, uh, Space 1999 Breakaway, I saw, which was actually quite amazing. Uh, so that's worth a look. David Hollis who uh, has earned uh, a, a top contributor badge next to his name, uh, says, I've been going back into the vaults of the podcast. Now, Pod 5, he says, is a great interview with Sophie Aldred. Yes. Uh, and she's going to be at the Space Centre, system. Yes. Well, uh, now, would it be possible for her to join in and chat on the Fab Live? I'd love to know more of her links with Anderson. I think she could be a great lead in any remakes with people. My thoughts go to UFO. She could be the new Commander Straker yeah that would
0: work <laughs> wouldn't it I mean she wanted to be Scott Tracy really so that's <laughs> tricky but yeah. yeah I mean Sophie and the and the Doctor Who lot will definitely have their own strand of stuff so trying to get them yeah, over to ours course. might be tricky but yeah. I'll certainly look into it and see what we can do because she yeah. is lovely we, we love a bit of Sophie Yeah
1: Uh, Talking Pictures TV Their Facebook page Was uh, copied onto ours uh, A post was copied onto ours uh, About the uh, World Space Patrol Announcement Starting Saturday The 3rd of June On Talking Pictures TV The Jerry Anderson Classic puppet series Fireball XL5 Yes Uh, The interplanetary adventures Of Steve Zodiac Dr Venus And the crew of the World Space Patrol Spacecraft Fireball XL5 Patrolling sector 25 Of the galaxy In the year 2062 Featuring the voice talents Of Sylvia and Jerry Anderson Paul Maxwell And David Graham subtitles available
0: lovely oh it's going to be great i'm so glad it's getting a bit of broadcast because we were talking internally a mm. couple of weeks ago um and somebody said oh it'd just be really nice if somebody just broadcast one of the super right. shows again and yeah, i said yeah i think that's pretty unlikely to be honest right. and then yeah. talking pictures go and uh, completely undermine me by doing yeah. that which is uh, brilliant i'm really absolutely. pleased thank you talking pictures and i uh, hope it could be the start of more
1: Exactly. I mean, if you watch it and enjoy it, well, let them know because you know that will prompt them to show more. That's well, I've the case, seen isn't
0: it? I've seen their tweets and socials about Fireball doing pretty yeah. well, and I would say Great. better than a lot of their other content. So yeah, I think nice. there's a lot of love out there, Great. and I'm I'm very hopeful. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and see them in a couple of weeks' time and have a chat and see what we can manage to to wangle. So Lovely. fingers crossed.
1: Uh, back to David Hollis, who says Richard asked about the tall people and smaller people <laughs> on Pod Two Five Seven. I did. It's true. Do you remember oh, we had our I remember the height order thing. That's yeah, it, yeah. Well, we're yeah. going to do that
0: <laughs> live in Leicester, aren't we? So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> David says, as I stand over six feet three, maybe four inches, I will say I am tall, but may not be the tallest. And my friend mm. in Potter's arms, Doug Morris, might be at the other end. And he included an image uh, with Willow, who took us uh, up to see her husband, John, in Thunderbird 5. Uh, I'm so looking forward to the Potter's meet-up with my big yellow camera called Thunderbird 4 in Leicester. And I hope Willow can find an image of both of us to show the size difference. <laughs> Doug in the front and I standing at the back. The other images are people I hope to catch up with at the Space Centre. I hope to see lots more cosplay and let's take over the Space Centre with Podder's love. Uh, amazing. I have a feeling that that's exactly what's going to happen. The
0: Potter's Love Takeover is almost definitely going to yeah. happen, and that just so lovely that they, they'll self-assemble. All of you Podstrons <laughs> will just kind of it just happens. You're like it's right. kind of amazing. Like a flash mob. Jerry Anderson meets Transformers. I was going to say, but yes, like a flash mob. Absolutely. Okay. Just you suddenly you're you're there. You're all talking to each other, and then there's yeah. this lovely community. Oh, it's so yeah. nice. Thank you. Yeah. Please keep doing it.
1: Yeah, and they're always very generous at the bar. <coughs> uh, Willow says, uh, since everybody's talking about
0: heights, sorry, can mm, carry on. Uh, let's
1: not forget our gentle giant of a Potter. Simon Allen who topped in at six foot seven
0: yes well, I did think that when yeah. we were talking about it what a, yes. sad, a sad loss I mean he, he uh-huh. would love that height order thing so that's terribly terribly sad but there <laughs> yeah. we go Yeah, uh, um, we'll, be, we'll be we'll be looking to, to our left or right whichever one it would be exactly. in height order to uh, to acknowledge that absolutely right
1: uh, if you're planning on coming to the Brit Sci-Fi event says Willow and don't have anyone to hang with don't worry there are plenty of us going and we've organised a group chat so if you want to meet up with some friendly faces just let me know and uh, you won't have to do it alone no pod. Left behind. Mm. Quite right. Uh, many people enjoy those sort of things on their own, actually, don't they? But I know others find it difficult to uh, approach, you know, people they may not know. So uh, you always have a friend in us. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. There'll be lots of like-minded people around you. Yes, it's just an opportunity to have a great
0: weekend. Exactly. And I think everyone's pretty respectful of if you yeah. like some quiet stuff, or you want to be yep. part of a gang, you'll be welcome yeah. with open arms. Or Left quietly to enjoy the time as you yes, wish. Exactly. Um, but yeah, just come over and say hello. i listen to the podcast, or I'm a yeah. poster on, or whatever. That be. Um, we'll be very, very happy to meet you.
1: Uh, a couple more. Graham McGuire <laughs> posted a picture of some Fireball XL5 Steve Zodiac pants. This is OK, so they're not Officer Orin pants, but they'll have to do. They were a prize at a fan convention circa 1984 in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a prize. <laughs> what a prize. <laughs> uh, and finally, Penny Jones says, Did anyone else notice that Torchy was representing Ukraine at the Eurovision Song Contest? Or maybe I re- misread that. Yes, it was Torchy, I think. t v o r C H I, so close (laughs) imagine torchy the battery boy at eurovision i mean could it have been any worse (laughs) but there we are uh do join in the fun there people post their pictures of their cosplay and their latest merch and their latest models and all sorts of stuff uh get involved in conversations about their favorite shows and characters just a lovely place to hang out very easy to
0: find yes all right go there do that as yep. is instructed. Yeah, as, um, no, it's, it is a very friendly place. Sorry, I was getting distracted because I was looking ahead to our oh, interview, which is about to play you? out now, isn't it? Yes, it is, yes. Well, can I tell you about it? Please. So this is part one of two of an interview with Anna Leong Brophy. Now, Anna, uh, she's been very busy. She's been travelling the world acting, and so we actually haven't been able to have her in our last two Thunderbird stories. But in those Thunderbird stories, generally, she plays the voice of Tintin and others for Said Thunderbirds Audio Adventures, but she's a prolific ah. actor, voice artist, um, comedian. We'll be hearing oh. about that shortly and does all sorts of great stuff. So um, let's hand over to Anna Leong Brophy.
3: I'm Anna Leong Brophy. Um, hi, it's great to be here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, Anna. So, yeah, sounding lovely, of course, and a uh, very cool name. It's a kind of weirdly Anderson-esque name, I think. But <laughs> why, why might our podcast listeners have heard your voice before.
3: oh um well, you would know me um as the voice of Tintin among other auxiliary characters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, fantastic. So Anna Anna is our Tintin, um, and she's brilliant. And actually we've missed you in the last couple of of, of adventures, but you were too busy uh for us to get hold of you now that no there's no there's no shame there it's it's brilliant i'm very glad that you've been you've been very busy so beyond no, tintin, Poor tintin. I mean, so, tintin's <laughs> awesome and we're trying to make even more use of tintin we'll talk about <laughs> her, uh in the tv versus the audio later on but um what other bits and pieces do you do Anna? because you're not you are you are far far beyond the realm of voice um so what what else might we know you from what else have you been up to that you're allowed to talk about
3: Oh. <laughs> well, I have just had a show come out season two of Shadow and Bone on Netflix, which, yeah, if you don't know, it's a kind of uh, fantasy action, world building kind of romp, which has been super fun. <laughs> uh, and I get to play a really fun character. That's the the joy of fantasy. So yeah, I'm sort of kind of axe-wielding sort of a Grisha, which is, you know, someone in in that universe that that has powers. So, yeah, very close to my natural casting, I think you could say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and other than that, I'm kind of developing a a live comedy show with my comedy partner at the moment. So um, that's on the cards for Edinburgh Fringe this year. Yeah, so we're previewing that. The show's called Absolutely Fine. I think this is the first time I've known what the show's name is. (laughs) Podcast exclusive, exactly. Yeah, you heard it here first. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we're called Egg, which is turns out the the most ungooglable name to call a sketch duo. Um, Yeah, (laughs) and the show's called Absolutely Fine. So yeah, if any of your listeners are going to be in Scotland in August, come find us. Well, I know we
0: have Scotland-based listeners uh, Ah. and people who visit the Fringe. So, yes, there you go. Go and find Absolutely Absolutely Fine. fine. (laughs) (laughs) And good luck Googling them. Uh, Mm. Okay, so that's that's quite a spread from, you know, axe-wielding fantasy creature uh, to comedy duo to, uh, you know, (laughs) revoiced 1965 puppet character. (laughs) (laughs) Well. What area of this are you most comfortable with? Does sort of do you have the most fun with?
3: That's a good question. I I think I'm very lucky in that, you know, it was quite tricky when I first started out in the industry for actors like me, you know, mixed race, non-white, where do you put her? You know, there wasn't as much um work. But it did. The silver lining of that for me is that I I diversified into lots of different areas that I now really love. So I also write. I've got the comedy. You know, obviously, revoicing nineteen sixties puppets is the the main niche. Um, Correct answer. <laughs> so I I like them all in as they sit in the stable alongside each other. You know it's never, it's all different flavors. I like a little bit of a Neapolitan ice cream kind of a vibe Okay, when it okay, comes nice. to my work.
0: Nice. Nice. Okay. That is a very good way of not upsetting any creative that you might work with <laughs> Past-
3: <laughs> as well. I love everything. It's all great. And then I'll go into politics eventually. Very diplomatic <laughs> answer.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I'm sure you'll absolutely nail it there as well. So, uh, well then we, we normally do it a little bit of a time travel and I, going into this, I have, pretty much no idea about how you're going to answer this. So it's going to be interesting how we then navigate into uh, becoming Tintin. So in terms of your awareness of all things Anderson and shows like Thunderbirds, Stingray, Captain Scarlet, those puppet shows, or any other Anderson shows, where was that for you when you got into this process?
3: I definitely had watched Thunderbirds as a kid. Mm. But I didn't watch a lot of TV. I don't, I find now that um, my memories of TV shows are not like the iconic level that some people, you Mm. know, I wasn't, I was kind of ferried out to swimming classes and stuff like that on Saturday morning. So there was no, there was no sitting in front of the TV (laughs) watching anything. So I have this really quite eerie memory of Thunderbirds, particularly. And it's also very enmeshed in my mind with Blue Peter.
0: Of course. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so I kind of was, my childish mind was putting those two things together, going, this is really important. Mm. You know, because I mean, if they're talking about on Blue Peter, <laughs> serious stuff. It must be ser- um, <laughs> It must be serious. And then I think, you know, I have memories of like older cousins kind of puppeting, you know, mm-hmm.
0: doing... <laughs> doing the famous walk, uh, which yeah. you know, dad, dad absolutely hated. Uh, <laughs> but,
3: but everybody does it. So, you know, hey, that's it. once a work of art goes into the world, it's very difficult. <laughs> exactly. So I have it. It feels very like bedded in to the sort of cultural bedrock of my childhood without being able to say oh, yeah, yeah, you remember this uh, storyline or do you remember this happened? But I remember thinking, I remember thinking I'd like a chauffeur. <laughs> That's just something I remember.
0: <laughs> you So, okay, so really you wanted to be Lady Penelope if possible, but, you know, Tintin's not far off there.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. so kind of a, a broad cultural awareness and the memory of it being something that, that happened. I'm guessing, well, this must have been the early 90s that you were watching, is that right? Mm,
3: mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you're part part of that generation, very similar to Joe Jameson, actually, who plays Alan and Gordon opposite your Tintin. In fact, your your potential love interest, uh, Mm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) lovely Joe, who we had a little a few weeks ago, in fact, Um, and it's really interesting to to get this sort of the contrast stuff. So those initial discussions, I guess, which
3: you had with
0: was it Sam? Did Sam Clemens bring you on board as Tintin?
3: Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah, so and what, he what, and I worked together a long time ago. So it was it was serendipity. Yeah. Um, I think when the words uh, oh we're looking for a Malaysian actress came up. That <laughs> <laughs> like, hang on, hang on. Yeah, I know someone
0: that, that old phrase. Um, <laughs> well I mean that brings us on to something which I think is quite important and quite interesting, which is in a lot of the Anderson shows, there was a lot of Pushing for diversity in terms of gender and race and stuff back in the sixties when it wasn't really as much of a, an issue, and there was, th- you know, there were some really great examples. I think an all-female and very varied in terms of uh, of, of ethnicity uh, group of the the Angels in Captain Scarlet, and then you've got Lady Penelope being the kind of heroic, uh, you know, secret agent uh, in Thunderbirds, but then we've got Tintin. And Tintin is an interesting one because actually, in the TV series, she does some bits and pieces, and she's kind of touted as maybe a, with a sort of science-y background. Mm-hmm. But through a through a twenty twenty three lens, her role there is maybe a little bit problematic. So I'm really interested in how that conversation with you and Sam went, and and you know how we're addressing the balance and not just making Tintin the kind of Malaysian also ran, which is, you know, not what she should be, particularly not now.
3: Yeah, well, um we did have, you know, Sam approached me very sensitively, mm. and obviously as a friend as well. And I think the and straight away was opening this discussion. And yeah. I think that is part of that's a big part of what made me feel comfortable with the project? Mm. Because there was no attempt to kind of um, be coy about it or be um, revisionist or anything, or like overprotective over kind of the memory of this show that, you know. And as soon as you can have a frank conversation, then you're on level footing. It's when you feel like, oh, if I were to voice something here, this is going to put backs up, or this is going to make people feel defensive or threatened. Yeah. Um, but it really, wasn't like that. So straight away, he was like, "Let's talk about it. What do you think? You'd know better than me. Mm. And here's what we're thinking going forward." And obviously, like I say, with my memories of the show, I can't say like, "Oh yeah, I know exactly every single episode that Tintin's in, everything she does." Yeah. Even if the show was being made. 10 years ago, mm. inevitably there would be cultural issues and issues that we now in 2023 would be like, ooh, don't like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we see that all the time. Yeah. So I think it's really important not to go, mm, this might not have been the perfect job we did 40, 50 years ago. Uh, and And mm, that makes me feel awkward. So we'll just completely get rid of that just completely get rid of it. Therefore denying a work to actors of minority yeah. and which is important because, you know, money is important, <laughs> you know where the money goes. is important. Yes. yes, absolutely. And it also means that you're denying an opportunity for a new audience to yeah. be, you know, introduced to something and to change the the shape of it and kind of, You know, learn something and approach things more sensitively. Hmm. It's not without its complications, but I think it's important to try. You know?
0: Oh yeah, and there's something actually I I really like about this particular element—the kind of the the joint effort of saying, "Here is a here is a show that people really really love, and a set of characters that were created in a different time that people are very attached to," and then here we are, you know, nearly sixty years later. In fact looking at it through a different lens but we don't have to go oh that whole thing is terrible because of this element or these elements which I don't like so I I, I hope what we've we've done and I would say we haven't we haven't had any negative feedback from fans about any alterations made to to Tintin her characterization etc so that is a testament to you and to Sam and to the the adapters who I think everybody's kind of worked together to to mm. to find that space where and maybe it's not always a hundred percent authentic, but nor is it getting into the kind of uncomfortable zone um yeah, and yeah, yeah, people sometimes get very touchy on both sides of that discussion about it, and I haven't seen any of that, so that's been really, really nice and and reassuring, um, yeah particularly because we were drawing on material from the 1960s as well. It's not like, you know, we were writing new books and stories. These were adaptations of stuff that was done then too. So, interesting How you see. Interesting, yeah. See, I, I, you, good. I You know, having those conversations about the changing world and the way we view things from the past and whether it's okay or not and yeah. all that sort of stuff always nice to have those conversations really openly I think and Anna is brilliant yeah, for absolutely. that so thank you yeah. Anna for taking the time to have a chat with me uh, more on uh, Thunderbirds and Tintin and beyond next week for mm-hmm. part two uh, mm-hmm. but you can follow Anna on Instagram and Twitter at Long Brophy L-O-N-G B-R-O-P-H-Y and as she mentioned her ungooglable comedy duo Egg well don't just <laughs> mm-hmm. search on google for egg because you of won't course. get you won't get no. far but do no. go to eggcomedy.com. that's the thing uh, and of that's course amazing. you can hear her uh, tintin work in uh, all of our thunderbirds audiobooks all the faden uh, audiobooks that we've done over nice. the last year or so so there you go check her out
1: nice uh now uh don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on that means you'll get notifications every time every week every time a new episode drops You'll be the first to hear it. Uh, you could also leave us a nice rating. That's a review and a rating. Five stars, if you could possibly uh, find Got a it a Goldblum there. To give us that. Why have you gone, Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> it's just another one of my strings to my bow. Is it? Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, what else? I think that's it, isn't it? Oh, and share it. You know, just copy the link. Put it on Twitter and Facebook. Say, look, I'm listening to this. You went from hey guys.
0: Goldblum to oh, I've given up. Can't be bothered with any of this. That was that's a bit
1: Robert, bit Robert Peston as well, does not it? Yeah. <laughs> Yes <laughs> uh, Anyway uh, Over on uh, Twitter uh, People have been uh, tweeting The Jerry Anderson podcast and tagging us Hashtag Gerry Anderson podcast What a In surprise example, Thunderbird 2 said I enjoyed the latest randomizer. Was it pod 230 The last time we watched Thunderbirds? Anyway During the draw scene As Chris said We can see TV21 mags But also We can see a page of a script Someone seems to visit Penny But I don't remember the scene That's interesting isn't it? So Within that particular scene That Chris was watching There's a script Mm. for a scene that may not actually appear in the series. Meta. (laughs) It is a bit, isn't it? Talking of meta, Tin Dog Podcast tweeted, Okay, conspiracy theory. The American government actually outsourced the moon landing fake. It wasn't Kubrick, but it was the same model makers. Yes, Gerry Anderson faked the moon landings and then reused the sets for Space 1999. I like that. Do you? I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying that's a great conspiracy theory.
0: Okay, fine. As conspiracy theories goes, go, which I, yeah. you know, I'm not a huge fan oh, of. Pfft. But um, That's fun, though. I like the idea that he may have reused the set. He yeah, didn't.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying. No. Yeah. may have uh, <laughs> RetroTube says the first 15 minutes of Thunderbirds Are Go is <laughs> basically the world's longest panning shot of a vehicle even for Gerry Anderson NB I obviously say this with all the love in my heart and as a massive Anderson fan uh, Jeremy Dunn says wow I've never been so gripped by a podcast Gerry Anderson's son revealing details of his father's Moonraker treatment in real time this is a brilliant and very rare scoop that adds significantly to Bond history
0: oh isn't that nice hmm well, I yeah. really enjoyed doing it, so thank you again to SpyHards for that. And if you haven't yeah. heard it and you want to know about uh, the Jerry Anderson version of Moonraker, then go and search uh, SpyHards and, and the Moonraker episode.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, David Lowe says, UFO was a great series. I have all the DVDs and I always used to watch it every time it was on TV. I am a Jerry Anderson fan. There you go. Quite, well, you're in the right <laughs> uh, place. Absolutely. Dark Corners. We've been reviewing Journey to the Far Side of the Sun. Yes, you can tell it's Jerry Anderson, but these models are extraordinary. I don't like the word "but" there.
0: Surely, no. it should be you
1: could tell it's Jerry. Anderson because, because these
0: models, yeah, mean, the, the, the Derek uh, rocket launch scenes are brilliant, oh. and they shot them outside, so it's beautifully lit. It just just feels yeah. very big and real. But yeah. uh, you know, that's all the same sort of techniques they were using on on the rest of the shows. So yeah, right. I say you know because it's on par with other Anderson mm. shows. That's why you know it's Anderson. No
1: Uh, Gene Jackson tweeted Jerry Anderson shows were and are total genius, innovative, way ahead of their time and timelessly entertaining. And finally, Stephen Williams says every few months, I have a Thunderbird session of a couple of hours watching DVDs of the 1960s show. The theme tune is fantastic and the production quality is second to none for that period. Thanks to Jerry Anderson and team. Plus, Lou Grade, who backed it.
0: Yes, I mean, you know, as, that's
1: not a name that's often mentioned in, you know, those sort of terms, thanks to Lou Grade. But no, without him...
0: Absolutely, without yeah. him and his, just, you know, believing in Dad and just getting on with it and funding yeah. stuff, we wouldn't have all these shows. So, yes, no, yeah. we're, we're very fond of Uncle Lou, as Dad used yeah. to call him.
1: Yeah. Now, the other side of the Randomizer, uh, I have got a, a question and answer from uh, Look In magazine, uh, detailing the production of sound on Space 1999, as answered by Gerry Anderson
0: in Lookin'. Right, so that's okay. to look forward to after the randomizer. Yeah, there you go. Well, in that case, I'm too excited, so we just get the randomizer whoa, 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 whoa. out of the way. Oh, well, don't be like that. Come yeah, on, just Come on, come on, Chris is here. There's a random episode oh, oh, sort of Randy oh, oh, thing, and he picks wow. up the randomizer, which is a machine, and <sighs> off he goes. Well, off you go, Chris. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, on.
1: Pro- whoa. Sorry, Chris.
5: Marina. Just bring us in. Nice and gently. Yes, that's right. And I'll tie us up alongside. Hi there, Marina. Hello there, Mr. Prescott. I'm Chris, and of course, you already know Marina. Oh, nice to see you haven't blown up this oil rig yet. Wow. What a beaut. What? Oh, not again. Would you stop lusting after poor old Marie? Oh, you mean the randomizer? Yes, well, that is quite special. Oh, uh, not that you're not special too, Marina. I mean, it's just a. Uh, uh, oh. Anyway, Mr. Prescott, we'd like you to press the big red button today.
2: This is a pleasant surprise. Well,
5: I'm sure you have more important things to do, but… Important. This
2: is top priority.
5: That's it. Thank you. Yes, I thought you'd appreciate this chance.
2: Well, thanks. Sure can use it. We can afford another failure.
5: Another failure? What? Oh, printout. Right, let's see. Ah, okay. Well, it's Four Feather Falls today.
2: Wow! This is a real
5: pleasure. If you say so, with a close shave.
2: (laughs) That's even better. (laughs) You
5: know, I had no idea you were such a fan, Mr. Prescott. It's your thing, let's go.
1: The
2: four feathers on this hat are magic. They enable Tex Tucker's dog and horse to speak, and his guns to fire without him even touching them. And now, another exciting adventure from Four Feather Falls.
5: Well now, here we are back with Four Feather Falls, and uh, I'm actually a bit disappointed because when I saw this episode title come up, I thought, oh right, I know what this is going to be. This is going to be about uh, a new barber who arrives in Four Feather Falls, and he's a bit shifty, and and only one of the townsfolk can see it. I was certain that that was what we were going to get, and then I noticed, ah, this is only the fifth episode. So chances are the close shave of the title refers to... uh, Nothing to do with barbers. Uh, I suspect it will just be a, a bit of Pedro and Fernando uh, early days. Oh, I'm gonna get your sheriff kind of stuff. Um, you know, not that I'm hankering for a, a story based around a barber. I suppose having come up with it now, if, if this episode doesn't involve a barber, I could write that story myself. But here we go. What do we got? Well, Jake, what are you gonna do today, huh?
2: The sheriff said he'd take me out for a ride on Rocky.
5: Oh. Oh, oh right, Rocky, sorry, I thought he said rocket. I'm not with it this morning, <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Oh, I doubt it, son. Guns ain't things to be played
5: with. Well, anyway, oh. Gramps. Especially not magic guns. I
2: expect the sheriff will be waiting for me. Okay. Oh,
5: yeah. I expect the whole world revolves around me. What the sheriff tells you? Howdy, folks. Hi.
2: I guess you're all waiting for me to tell you a story about four of wars.
5: Well, I ain't gonna.
2: Now, let me see.
5: Yes, this was something that happened a lot in the early days. Twink would directly address the camera and tell us what was what and uh, recall an old story.: in the but and that was something that was phased out I mean, fairly early on, I think.
2: Yes, it must be getting old
5: Oh oh so he can't remember a story to tell us. Here comes trouble It's a very derpy horse being ridden by a very fat. Pedro. Well,
2: Yeah, it sure was till you arrive. Oh. What are you doing in town, Pedro? You know the sheriff don't like you hanging around.
5: But <laughs> <laughs> another spectacularly derpy horse.
2: You're a little Jac.
5: And I think yeah, we've we've had a lot of very early Four for the Falls recently, and this is episode five, so again, a lot of the characters look kind of prototypey. Um, little Jake in particular and Tex. Some of them have, have been refurbished a bit. Mar Jones looks much better here than she did the last time we saw her in, in Episode 1. Oh no! Oh, but Pedro's come in to shoot up the place. Senora.
2: I ain't gonna shoot you. I'm going on a little trip and I want some
5: uh, grub.
2: <laughs>
5: but he shot her sweetie jar. No, it's no good calling for Tex Dacca. He's out playing nursemaid the little Jake. <laughs> They've see- ridden out of town, have they? they way here. Oh,
2: gee, Mr. Pedro! Oh, don't shoot me! Oh, mm. I'm only.
5: I just said I wasn't going to, woman.
2: Please. <laughs> I ain't going to shoot you as long as you. As
5: face. previously stated. With the grub for my little trip. Huh? Grub. He wants his grub. Oh. I might as well, take you. Yes, Four Feather Falls is a series that, for all I I, I do enjoy it, and I, I I can say nothing but good things about it. I've actually only seen the whole thing through. Aside from the randomizer, I've actually only seen the whole thing through once. There's a handful of episodes that I've seen more than that. Um, the colorized episode... Uh, I had back on VHS uh, in the VHS days with a couple of other episodes, so I saw that a few times. But in terms of a marathon of the whole series, I've only ever seen it once, so there is a definite unfamiliarity for me with some of these stories. Then you squeeze the trigger. And I suppose it's fair to say as well as a lot of them are quite samey. But this is fun. Um, we had a scene of Tex teaching uh, little Jake to shoot. Very irresponsible, of course. Um, but as he was firing his gun, it was cutting to a storefront window being shot at by, uh, Pedro. Well,
2: it's been a swell day, Sheriff. Can I come out again with you sometime?
5: Yep, Jake. It's been great having you along. A real great day. I bet nothing's gone wrong in Four Feather Falls. Oh my God.
2: There's been a heap of shooting.
5: Is she hurt, Twink? No,
2: she ain't hurt, but she's sure scared. Gosh, I wish I had one of your magic guns, Sheriff. I fixed that Pedro
5: for good! Would you stop talking about guns? You're a weird little kid and you're not gonna have one. <gasps> oh, there we go. Uh, does this song have any relevance to this plot? There's a guy on, on horseback in silhouette. Guy is comes a phantom rider Uh. It doesn't look like any of the regular characters. The Indians of old Are we just playing Phantom Rider? Is this the first time it would have been played, and we're just getting the actual story of the Phantom Rider? Rider on the Lots of uh, nighttime shots passing by rocks. Yeah, this this figure is staying in in silhouette. And then the Hopi brave scalp him, and that's the. And it is a violent little song actually for a for a kids show. It looks beautiful, all this nighttime stuff with the rocks and things. Around the grand canyon you can hear the tale of the Phantom Rider on the home. Oh no, it's Pedro. Oh, okay. Well, that was clever then. They kept him in darkness until the end of the song and you thought that it actually was the Phantom Rider. And then, oh no, there's that, that huge grin looming up at you out of the darkness. What is keeping that red scalp? Oh, he's come to, Right, he's come to see Red Scalp, hence why we play a song about scalping people. Speak to himself! There he
2: is. Say, only fool!
5: Hold on, counsel! Never mind the wisecracks, Red Scalp. In speaking of fools... You get down to business. Where is Fernando this week? You meet me here. Oh, Red Scalp's hiding in a bush. Almost like he's been disturbed while taking care of some other business. I'll
2: say little money, huh? Indian said, "Any man who laughs at himself, big fool. Oh. Others laugh too." Very
4: funny.
5: Well, the very Jerry funny. Anderson pop, uh, podcast would not be very popular in his you tribe, I think. Get tomorrow
2: and tell him your people have been attacked by white bandidos in the Yellow God's Hills.
5: Oh, right. Okay, so one person in four of the Fools is on the ball uh Dusty has followed Pedro all the way out here somehow he's managed to keep pace with uh, Pedro's horse magic guns he's a good lad that dusty
2: medicine red scope not go you bought the magic guns they do not work
5: but this is an odd sequence of shots here because. It's just a conversation between Pedro and and Red Scalp, but every time the other speaks, we cut to a go a reverse shot, and I think this is violating some basic filmmaking law. The angles, no, no, I think it's probably just staying within the lines, but it it just looks a bit odd. I don't quite get why they're shooting from both sides here. Is. That's
2: what he thinks. Adios amigo
5: So Pedro is hatching some kind of plan with Red Scalp uh, I don't know what it was Because I waffled all over it But it probably isn't very complicated And doesn't extend much more beyond Gold Or something like that
2: Sorry Tex But I followed Pedro after he shut up Marjone's door yesterday
5: Yeah I did some actual detective work Tex
2: Real mean looking Indian Called Red Scalp up in the Yellow Gulch Hills So why hid close by so's I could hear what they were saying. Nice work, Dusty. Let's hear about it.
5: I'm real glad I didn't have to get out of my chair.
2: It seems Red Scalp is coming into town to get you to ride into Yellow Gulch Hills with him, while Pedro sneaks into town by the back way to rob the bank. Oh. You've
5: done a good job, Dusty. So, I guess this is the first appearance of Red Scalp in the series, then. For him, And here he is. On a typically derpy horse, I, I, I love the four for the fools horses, they are spectacularly weird white creatures.
2: Red Indian camp in Yellow Gulch Hills. Need help. You're lying Red Scalp. Now get going. Red Scalp thought white man's justice good. But Red Scalp wrong. If you think you're gonna get me out of town so Pedro can rob the bank you're
5: mistaken pedro rub the bank whether i'm here or not you drug my coffee or something to
2: have revenge red scout no
5: magic guns not ah what's happening no oh, okay um as i've sometimes said i really would like to get Four for the falls in hd and something very strange happened there the bottom of the frame started to drop out and slide back in at the top. It was almost like it was the scene was going to wipe to another scene but it didn't. It was the the, the frame was just sort of rolling down. That was very weird. paleface guns not shoot Indian huh!
2: What are you going to do, Red Scalp?
5: So Pedro and, uh, not Fernando, Pedro and Red Scalp's plan is falling apart a bit. Indian
2: Scalp face, who speak with full tongue! Oh. That's Pedro. No, I'll give you anything. Sheriff!
5: Oh, don't let him hurt Pedro. Help me! Give him your hat. Pedro, I'd
2: like to help you. But magic guns don't work on Indians. Oh, Say, uh, Ted, gotta... you're not going to let wake my scout do this, here. are you? It's no, okay, Dusty. I don't think Pedro will come to any real harm.
5: Oh, I was mistaken. There goes his scalp.
2: Got an idea. He's just gonna teach
5: him a lesson. Oh, he shaved him. Oh dear. Put on your hat, Pedro. He he looks like Telly Savalas now. <laughs> oh, not again. <laughs> okay, so we did get a barbary type subplot. He had the shave. Okay, right. I'll, I'm I'm happy with that then. Ah, oh, this is, um, Pedro's hat that's being shot up the, the street now. Faster, Pedro! I still say my idea of a, a naughty barber character would serve for an episode. Um, yeah, there goes Pedro being shot out of town by Tex. <laughs> I reckon that's about the funniest thing I've seen around here for a long time. Until next week, where the same thing will probably happen again. This is early Four Feather Falls, and uh, we don't have many variety of stories yet.
2: From one minute to the next. Wow. Better look in again next time.
5: Okay. There's always something going on in Four Feather Falls. Even if it is just me sitting in my rocking chair on my porch. Well, that was a close shave, and it wasn't quite the story that I was hoping for, but that was still thoroughly enjoyable stuff, as, as Four Feather Falls uh, often is. You know, uh, again, very early days. The town still looks very small, actually, that street set. Doesn't have 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 the the distance that it would in, in later episodes, but it's always fun to spend time with these characters. Um, particularly Pedro, he's he's always great fun, and I love I love it when Dusty does something heroic off his, off his own uh, initiative. Not so keen on. Uh, on Red Scalp as a villain, I've got to say. I, I much prefer Big Ben. I I, I can't wait to see uh, him finally turn up in the series when we get to his introductory episode. We've seen him plenty of times of course, but um, yeah, so on the whole um, that was thoroughly fine and decent as as any episode of Four Feather Falls we've seen so far. So yeah. Good stuff. What more can I say?
1: Oh, oh good old uh,
0: two-gun techs of Texas. How
5: appropriate.
0: After yeah.
1: the news of the discovery of an old script absolutely isn't, isn't it lovely? funny I mean, yeah. I mean that's
0: always going to happen because it's the Jerry Anderson podcast and we talk sure. about Jerry Anderson stuff and so sure. it's bound to have some kind of yeah. connection with yeah, yeah. anyway fantastic mm. thank you Chris he'll be back next Thanks, week with Chris. the randomizer. Now, what, now come on let's, let's have this uh, oh, look in yeah. thing because no, you were talking about right. that I'm that's excited right. yes. about it
1: yes so just before the randomizer, I was talking specifically about a tweet from Martin Marshall yes. who disclosed more secrets from Jerry Anderson in his look in magazine column yes uh, and now this actually I don't know the year 78 70- 78, 7, 78? probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. Anyway, this is from the Worlds of Jerry Anderson column mm. in Lookin' magazine, mm. and now a sound question from Clifford Morgan of Gwent, South Wales, who writes, how do you make the sound effects on Space 1999? To which Jerry answered, this is a very difficult question to answer.
0: Cliff. Oh, full it's stop, like, thank you for writing in <laughs> goodbye.
1: <laughs> it's like asking someone how to cook, because there are so many different ways to do it. We have two categories of sound. The first are what we call existing sounds, everyday sounds, such as aircraft, jet engines, all kinds of motors and so on. And we store these sounds in our library and doctor them, speed them up, slow them down, cut their high and low frequencies, etc., before the use on the program. Our second category is sounds created by ourselves, mainly by the use of a synthesizer. Mm. These are, of course, electronic sounds. And finally, to arrive at the desired effect, we blend both the doctored sounds and the electronic sounds. Uh-huh. And that's Jerry's answer. Uh-huh. Hey, isn't that nice? I think that might become a regular column if I'm allowed to use oh, someone else's. Oh please, golem.
0: do it! I mean, Quite he wrote right it up. so that we could know. So yeah, yeah. do it's it. Nice, isn't it? Hmm, Let's well, we'll see what I can find. A new podcast feature. Who would have thunk it?
1: <laughs> Only 250-odd in, I yes. mean, you know,
0: but having tried Panderson, I mean, <laughs> hey, it's... Hey, hey,
1: hey, hey. I mean, I'm looking forward to doing that at the live podcast. We're not
0: doing that at live Oh. Yes.
1: Well, maybe, maybe we are, maybe we are.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> Don't no. tell anyone. No. Um, yeah, well, mm. fascinating. Mm. I'm very pleased to have heard that. Do there you go. have anything else from the Podstrons, or would you like to wrap this thing up?
1: Let's wrap it all up.
0: Okay, well to wrap things up let me uh, pull out the ribbon and bow of revatings oh yes Uh, just tie that up there and say if you would like to leave us a revating we'd be very grateful because it would really you know, uh, make us very happy. Basically, it would. Yeah, doesn't take much, does it? No, we're very absolutely. easily pleased. Really, It's a few seconds. <laughs> yeah, and as we've discovered in the past, such a tiny percentage of your listening have done it. To those that have done it, we're very grateful. And to those that haven't, no judgment. You no, know, we're just not much. We'll just be slightly <laughs> passive aggressive about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. You yeah, know, no, you're you busy. Yeah, you know, you know you've only got time to declared. listen to a ninety-minute podcast. Yeah. Can't possibly spend thirty seconds doing a review. It's <laughs> fine, Jamie. Jamie, sorry, fine. I went over the is, top. There. It is actually fine. Sorry, of course it's fine. I'm only joking sort of anyway let's go before I get myself any more trouble we'll be back for pod 259 next week
1: okay yeah
0: (laughs) we'll do it then I look forward to reading your evatings (laughs) bye bye stage one
3: complete
2: let's go
4: jump it's great
0: just that a bit snoking <laughs>
1: A bit snarky. Be, be. The uh, thing is, uh, it is nice when we get reviews, of course, but how many people actually review anything? You know, I've read se- lo- several books over my lifetime, yes. and I've not left a review for any of them.
0: You're one of those people, aren't you? I
1: am. It's just odd, though, isn't it? And yet, as a
0: writer, of course, yes.
1: I, 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 I'm always, please, please give me reviews.
0: You're begging people. Absolutely. I mean, it's borderline mm. pathetic, so... Oh. and. <laughs> Wow, Sorry, what's wrong with you? I think I've had too much caffeine and it's making me a little bit snarky, so I'll have to watch that for the live podcast. Now, for the live one, is there anything (laughs) in particular that might be a bit interesting or quirky that you might like to do?
1: Uh, Well, we started last time, didn't we, with a quick quiz. So did maybe we? I'll do a, you know, I did a quiz about the podcast as a warm-up before we started recording, just to get the audience, you know, involved and shouting things out. So maybe we'll start with a quiz again.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, how long have we
1: got? As long as we need?
0: Well, it's an hour. it's it, oh. It's, it's, it's got to be a bit short. Oh, all right. Okay. So we can't fit in all the usual gubbins. We can only no. try to fit in the gub. <laughs>
1: yeah, all right. So, okay, fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. Okay. Well, perhaps we should have a meeting about it beforehand. In the uh, bar. Uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Great minds. Okay. And hopefully, there might be some very generous posterons oh, around who'd love you never to. Know. You, you know. never know.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Shall we uh, have a bit more of a, Oliver Onions to, to oh, get us yes, in the mood? please. I'd love that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then let's do that. Here we go Oliver Onions. Oh. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production.